Good morning. It's good to see you all here. Rumor had it we might not even have made it to Sunday. So it is good to see you all here this day. Friends posting on Facebook yesterday with pictures of a feather boa and high-heeled shoes draped over a sofa. Caption read, the rapture has come. <laughs> or an Apple laptop computer left sitting lonely on a desktop, left behind, as it were. Although I don't think Hal Lindsey had that quite in mind when he started work on the series. What is it that captivates us about this notion of the rapture? Well, it's actually a fairly old idea. It has roots that go all the way back to the Protestant Reformation and the Counter-Reformation going on in Roman Catholicism. There was a Spanish Jesuit priest who decided to do the calculations himself in scripture, mainly to take the pressure off the Pope who was considered the Antichrist by some Protestant reformers. He said, oh, oh no, 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 that's all happening in the far future. That's, that's what's going to happen. And the idea was picked up later on by members of both the Anglican and the Reformed tradition and got passed into this country until there was a prediction in 1844 that it was going to take place and everyone started to plan with great anticipation and in the century of things like the Great Awakening and the Great Revivals, 1844 became known as the Great Disappointment, as it were. This has been going on for a long time. What is it? What is it about this notion that so captivates us? This idea that we can have a plan how we're going to get into heaven and we know the exact date of our salvation when we are going to be lifted into the air and meet with the risen Christ. Dan, our organist, was telling me this morning about how terrified that was to grow up with that understanding of the gospel. That understanding as a child that if you showed up in a place that was empty, you had to wonder, has it happened? <laughs> Am I among the left behind? Yesterday, just before 6 o'clock, I was sort of waking up from an afternoon nap, listening to NPR. 6 o'clock was the magical hour, if you remember, yesterday when it was all supposed to happen. In Harold Camping's time zone, actually, our time zone. So if it didn't happen then, it probably wasn't going to happen. So just before 6 o'clock, the reporter began to interview a guy who is the founder of an outfit that I believe is called Earthbound Preachers. And they make a living off selling their services to people who anticipate being raptured within the next 10 years so that they'll look after their animals for them. Yeah. Well, that's a great business model. You know, he's very serious about it. And, and they make sure that everyone who's part of that business is guaranteed not to be raptured by, by one step or another. So he was going on, I, you know, I, I couldn't have made this up. That's, that's the beauty of it. I could not make this up. So he goes on to 
to talk about all of the things they do in working with people who are preparing for this. And, and one of the questions I believe he was asked was, well, how do you guarantee that you know, there's going to be enough food and there's going to be enough money set aside to take care of these animals, assuming that the people are taken into heaven? And he says, well, you know, we work with them, he says, and I, I, he says, I advise them to make sure they have somebody lined up to be power of attorney, you know, like a Presbyterian or an Episcopalian, because we know they're not going, you know. So that's when I knew we were going to have Sunday services today. <laughs> Amen. What is it about that sense of certainty, that need for a roadmap? You know, we laugh, and yet my heart goes out to people who spent all of their savings, who came across country, who dropped everything and gave up their jobs expecting this. And Harold Camping today is nowhere to be found. Maybe he was the only one who went. I don't know. But you've got to wonder. What is it that drives this in people? I mean, this is, the rapture is a notion, sort of like an ecclesiastical hot potato that groups of Christians pick up and hold until it burns them, and then they pass it on to another group of Christians. You know? This idea of certainty, of needing to know, of needing that road map. When I was growing up in the Midwest, I was invited to a revival service at one of the local Baptist congregations. And I showed up there, and the itinerant preacher came in. He was a very inspiring man, had quite a story to tell. And, you know, did this all around the country, had to do this and raise his own money to support his family. And he took all of his kids aside downstairs and started to tell us how getting to heaven is like a baseball game. Well, that's interesting. You know, just sort of repentance is how you get to first base. And, Embracing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is how you get to second base or something like that. But, you know, after, after the, the, the big battle of the bay yesterday, I was wondering, you know, if, if Brian Wilson is the pitcher, I'm in deep doo-doo here. I'm in deep trouble. I, I don't want to push the metaphor too far because my, my wife is fond of teasing me that I, I do not grasp the finer nuances of baseball. But... I just want to reflect, I mean, what does it mean to talk about salvation as coming back to where you started? And what does it mean that you have to defeat somebody to be saved? Today's gospel turns all of that on its head. Jesus says, I am coming to you and I will take you to myself. You're not left out there at home plate having to hit the ball out of the park. I am coming for you. This is after a long discourse he has had in the Gospel of John with his followers as he prepares to journey to the cross. John has these chapters of long discourse about a day before Jesus is crucified. And his disciples, of course, are worried. And they want what we all want. They want a sense of certainty. That is at the heart of Philip and Thomas's questions today. We want a road map. We want to know where the destination is, and we want to know how to get there. So in case something happens, at least we can find our own way. 
Maybe even put things on the calendar for us so we know what to accomplish each day moving towards our salvation. Jesus says, no. This is not how it works. This is not at all how it works. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. I'm not going to give you a road atlas. I'm not going to give you even a book of rules to tell you how to make it work. Instead, put your trust in me, Jesus tells his followers. Jesus might be saying, I am the roadmap. I am the certainty you are seeking. Place your doubts and your fears here with me. Most of all, Jesus says to, him, to them, I am the life. The life that defeats all death. It's a fascinating passage. Jesus doesn't even hand them a book, which is something to remind our Protestant side. Jesus doesn't hand them a book. The heart of our tradition is Jesus himself embodied among us, with us, as the way and the truth and the life. We meet him in one another. We meet him in the broken bread and in the common cup. And if we truly embrace that reality, we no longer need to be captivated by predictions of the rapture. The good news is that Jesus has come to us to gather us together, to take us to himself, to lead us home. He is the way. We don't need to know the way. All we need to do is trust and know Christ. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for MillValley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.